Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Hey, y'all. We all know diamonds are a girl's best friend. And while I don't have many, I have heard Rhiannon and Suzanne have stockpiled a few in the past. That's right. In this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, Marty and the guys, I, I mean Tony, review stockpile and in chit chat discuss with Ree and Suze the game they would spend the rest of their life with. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 71, Still the One. I'm Marty. And I'm Tony, often forgotten by others out there in the world, but that's okay. I, I can handle that, Marty. You must be referring to Stephen Bonacore on his and Ignacy's podcast, The Board Games Insider, I assume. Just a little bit. And I appreciate you pointing that out because, you know, I'm not a big Twitterverse kind of guy. So what we're referring to is in the uh, last episode, um, Ignacy uh, shared a big announcement, which we're getting ready to share in just a second. And let's go ahead and share it because otherwise the context of this story makes no sense. So we have a big announcement we would like to make, and we're very excited about this. As of July 1st, Portal Games is now officially a sponsor of our show. It's a sunny day on the beach for us here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names. We met and hung out with Ignacy last fall at BGG Con, and ever since then, we talk a lot online and, and offline, and we just have a good rapport with him and just really enjoy each other's humor and everything, and and we approached each other, and we talked about it, and we just thought our relationship between his uh company and our show just seemed to make a lot of sense and so we're now officially going to be together and we've signed a, a one-year deal and hopefully he'll still like us after a year after dealing with us well i know he will because you know we've already we always talk about how oh i don't know i sold robinson or how we can't read his cards or <laughs> um you know we don't cut the man slack there's you know we're, we're always on him about something so and he's always back at us that's what makes this great where it's a, it's a it's a give and take a give and take it is and what does it mean for uh, you as the listener it really just means this it means each episode uh we're going to have like a little uh 30 second to a one minute uh section or segment for a portal that will occur just in between our segments so normally we have our little bumper music between the seconds now uh between the seconds between the segments uh, we'll now just have a little uh, thing on uh, Portal Games, stuff that's coming out, stuff that he's promoting, and we'll just hear that uh, once per episode. But in addition, as part of the agreement, we're also going to be uh, getting some uh, some giveaways and some games and stuff that we can use as prizes and contests to give away on this show. So once again, always giving. That's our goal here. Giving, giving, giving. That's what I like about that. And I mean, you know, we the Broken Token is still a uh, sponsor of Rolling Dice and Taking Name along with it. And and the two mailed, Marty, you know, because, because of that recent release at the Broken Token. And you also have in the show, and I don't know if you want to go ahead and spoil it out. What's going to happen at Gen Con with the Broken Token and Rolling Dice and Taking Names? Well, let's talk about the release that you just talked about because people may, yeah. what are you talking about? So Broken Token has announced they are officially the insert for the Imperial Settlers games from Portal. So they've designed a special insert and it looks fantastic as always for holding all the tokens and the cards and everything that you can put uh, inside the the base Imperial Settlers box that will also be able to hold future expansions like the Atlanteans expansions coming out from Gen, uh, from Portal at Gen Con. Right. So Ignacy, take note. There are future expansion spots in the box. Get busy. Let's go. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Greg Spence over at the Broken Token has thought ahead. He's planning and he's waiting on you, buddy. So, but that have have you ordered up your um, expansion yet? I mean, I don't see the need to get the the um, box organizer yet because there's not enough expansions. That's a job, but that's okay. Um, but have you have you thought about that yet for your Imperial settlers? Oh yes, yes. Atlanteans and must. That's there's few games that I'm going to sit that I'm going to go and like purchase day one at Gen Con. For, for me this year, Gen Con has like some hits and misses for games, but the Atlanteans expansions is is one. I love my Imperial settlers. I'm looking forward to getting that, and then I'll probably just walk myself right over to the Broken Token booth and pick up the insert to go along with it at the same time. Yeah, I can't wait for you to bring all that home so I can play it. Now going back to the original story. <laughs> that we opened the show with on Board Games Insider, Ignacy announced this relationship. And so Stephen Bonacore said, man, that is great. That is awesome. Those guys over at Rolling Dice and Taking Names, Marty and 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 those guys are great. <laughs> I, I got no problem with that. That's a hey, Stephen did it. Incredible thing for us, so I can take that. I mean, you know, the Diamonds Tournament where yes. we unfortunately lost, and we'll be in, in this show announcing the next battle between Re and Suze because they're coming on, as you heard Vanessa talk about. And uh, we great another great relation, one of one of the best out there in the industry, Stephen Bonacor. Yeah, and and he was very apologetic, and got to give him, um, uh, got to give him some slack because he was at a convention, he was at DexCon, and he'd been there for several days, and he said. That he was recording at 8 a.m. Sunday morning. So we all know, all of us who've gone to a convention, by Sunday morning, you can't think straight at all. And to come on to a, a show and uh, like a podcast, and, and at that point, they're just tossing back news back and forth, and you get hit with something, and, you, and your mind's all cloudy. So, Stephen, it's totally cool, man. We understand. You got the important person remembered. The, uh, he's, you're absolutely right, Marty. <laughs> and, and we have a week and a lunch, and we can, when we do the same thing on this show, we're well-planned and well-versed. So what can we say? Oh, man. That's right. Speaking of, we have a incredible show for you today. We have, as mentioned before, we have the ladies from Chit Chat coming on. But before we hop over to them, we want to touch on a couple games that we just recently played. One we're going to give like an overview of, and the other we're going to give a full review. And the overview that we're going to give is a game that I have been really excited about to get, and that is Forbidden Stars from Fantasy Flight Games. This game was announced earlier this year. It's one of those things I immediately pre-ordered. Tony and I got to get together for our first game about a week and a half ago and try it out. Let's be clear. Why were you so excited about it? Was it the fact... Because let's face it, we've talked about Warhammer Conquest. You're loving the Warhammer universe, aren't you? Right now, I'm, I'm digging the Warhammer universe. Well, I've always liked the Warhammer universe... I just never could get into the miniatures game because of the the cost behind it. Mm -hmm. It was just a very expensive game to get into. But I've always liked the lore and mythos of that universe. Yeah, and I mean, we were introduced to it outside the miniatures with a game by um, was I think it was Sabretooth Warcry. Remember that card game that we played that had a short shelf life of maybe I think a week, but we still bought it. But the, the artwork was incredible in that game. Yeah, well, that was the fantasy. Yeah, the fantasy. See, I'm yeah. I'm the fantasy. You like the 40k. I understand. Yeah, but, got it. But, yeah, but still, I mean, it's a Warhammer, so you were excited about that. And of course, we loved it because it had one of our fla uh, flavor favorite mechanics: the placing of orders down on top of one another. 
very similar to StarCraft. Yes, that's that's correct. So if you've listened to the show before, Tony and I uh, have been big fans of StarCraft, the board game, because that's one of the first major games that we bought uh, many years ago and played. And it is a deep, deep game. You can't find it anymore. In fact, if you can find it, it's worth a lot of money. And I'm sitting on a copy downstairs that I will never get rid of for nostalgic reasons. I don't care what people say it's worth. But one of the very uh, great things that we loved about that game was the action uh, selection mechanic where you place action tokens face down on the board and people can stack t- uh, actions on top of you and then they resolve from the top down. We loved that about the game. Forbidden Stars has some of the same designers as that original StarCraft game. And so this game has that same mechanic. So it's like we're all over this. Let's be fair. We're not reviewing the game, guys, because we're going, Marty and I, we've got to go back and play it again. I Usually I'm, and I know y'all get on me for this about my a, a review. You've only played the game once, but generally the gut can tell you whether or not you really like something. This game for me, I'm going to have to play again because there's the mechanics I like about it. I'm not a big fan of the Warhammer. I don't know all that, but still it's, it's a, a universe that, you know, okay, I can embrace. That's what I loved about Starcraft. Marty was the Starcraft universe. I just being able to be a Zerg. That was awesome. Um, but all in all, I mean, for, it's, it's our first impressions. And for me, I really need to dig into this game because I think I missed a lot. And Marty, you pointed out a very key fact to me later. Yes, I I did. So I've actually got to play this game twice, once with three player, once with four player. And it's one of those things with many games when when you go through it and you play a game and you didn't read the rule, there's a a rule or something you, you missed. I totally missed a very important aspect of the combat, which is one of the main components of the game is, is fighting each other because you're fighting for objectives. And I missed one of the main rules about combat that really screwed up our whole experience, Tony. And then the next time I played, um, I got, we got the rule right and played it correctly. And the combat was much better. It was much smoother. Also, I, we need to play the game again because we played with the setup board. So they recommend for your first game or two, play with the board setup like this. But there are rules like in StarCraft where you're building the galaxy and placing your units where you want and placing objectives where you want. So we need to go through that phase too, just to see how that works. So we're going to get together again, play another three or four player game, a full game where we're building the board ourselves, playing all the rules right. It'll give me a chance to play a different faction. So now I can play like three or four different factions before we talk about it. But we'll come back for a full review in a couple episodes or so. That, that says something to me that I want to get back and play the game. So obviously it wasn't a bad game for a four and a half hour game, or I would never want to come back over and do that. I'd tell you, get something else off you. I, it really intrigued me. I'm really excited about this game. I look forward to playing it again. Um, you talked about the battle and how we messed that up, Marty. You know, I, I read some of the reviews over at BGG and they're talking about how it, it's sluggish and things. I, I didn't feel that. And I think even though the mechanic that we screwed up in it, it did not detract. That just that tells me something. It, it didn't. And so the game you and I play was a three-player game. So I played a four-player game, and I heard one of the cons was during combat between two players, the other two players have downtimes and they're kind of bored. I actually know it, it's kind of interesting to watch the other two fight 
because almost guaranteed you're going to have to fight those one of those two people again in the future. So you want to see what combat cards they have in their deck, what they've purchased, how they work, so you can kind of plan against them. So I never felt like, oh, there's a combat coming I'm not involved in. I'm going to go get something to eat now and just totally ignore it. I, I was very much into the game. And you made a very good point. I've played the game now two weekends in a row, both of them four-hour games, and I'm still itching to get the game back to the table. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And how could you be bored? I don't see where I would sit back like I do when we're doing the podcast and let you just go. Uh, what I what I see is, you know, you should be sitting there. Okay, he's going to go there, and he's the strategy is is deep. It's a very tactical game too, and and you can't be sitting back just letting. You need to be thinking. Well, okay, on the next turn, what? How am I going to place my orders? What am I going to do? Because how they battle it out may impact you you if you're sitting back then you are slowing the game down in my opinion for the next turn placement when, when it gets to that point you know and also you can root for one another oh come on man you can roll better than that and things like that and of course not that we cheered each other on or or you actually got we got in each other's heads where i was like oh come on cecil you need to go out there and just devastate marty so when you do i have a clean shot at my objective you know it's, it's a mind game it, it is you could do some trash talk and it's like you're gonna take that from him you're gonna take that from him. meanwhile thinking in the back of your head i'm just trying to get you to your fight so i can backdoor one of you and get an objective from you and my last point about the game probably one of the neatest mechanics guys if you need to go give this game a try. Don't be scared away by the time. The the warp storms, Marty. That that I love that. That was a uh, it, and what that is, guys, is the warp storms move throughout the board at the end of each round, and the warp storms prohibit ships from going between the tiles. So a warp storm says, "Oh, I'm going to go fly into these planets," but there's a warp storm there. You can't get through there unless you're the Space Marines and you've upgraded and you can then fly through it, which is huge. But the warp storm mechanic moving each time now all of a sudden it changes your whole plans and it really messed you up, which was, which was great. Yeah, it did. So on my last, basically on my last turn, there was an objective I wanted to go get on the last round and a warp store moved right into place to where I couldn't get to it. So then you got to really on that last round, I totally had to change my plan of action. It's like, well, if I can't win by number of objectives, then I have to do the secondary way to win, which is get the control of the total number of planets. So again, we're going to get together. We're going to play the game again. We're going to come back for a full review and talk about the mechanics of this, this action selection mechanic that Tony and I just love so much. So if you have the chance, definitely sit down and try it and check back again in the future. and We'll cover this uh, game more in depth. But one game that we did uh, play and we want to cover more in depth is a game that I actually picked up at Origins that I had uh, keeping an eye on. It's called Stockpile. This is a stock market game of insider training. This game is designed by Seth Van Orden and Brett Sobel, and uh, it's uh, published by Novo. Novo Games? Novo Games? That's good enough. That works for our listening audience. N-A-U-V-O-O Games. And this is a quick stock market game. And usually economic or market games are pretty s- slow. They're long. They take a while to play. But this is a very fast game. Tony, you came over here. Uh, we checked it out. I taught the role, rules really quick. We played through it. And we both pretty much really liked it. Oh, it's a, it's a uh, from the RO scale, it's a definite buy for me because of... Oh, just- spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. I'm going to jump right into it, dude. We, we, we've got the girls chomping at the bit to come on the show, so we're going to go right to it, man. It's a definite buy for me. We even played the base game, 
And I was intrigued. I mean, the, the uh, objective is simple. Get the most money at the end of the game. It couldn't be any more simpler, Marty. No, it can't. And kind of an overview of, of how the game or the board is, is laid out. There is a main game board and there are six company stocks that you're trying to buy and sell throughout the course of the game. And on the base board, all the stocks start at a price of five bucks and can go up to 10 and, and down to a zero. And then what happens is uh, of the six stocks, you take out uh, one of every different type of stock and shuffle them and give everyone a, a hidden stock. So everybody starts out with one different stock. So nobody knows what that is. What's unique about this game is something called the forecast cards. What's going to happen next is everybody is given a card that indicates a certain stock, one of the six companies, and then a forecast card, which will move the stock up or down or pay dividends. That is hidden information from the other players. So you, that's the insider trading part. At the end of the round, that stock is going to move by that amount. So let's say, for example, I got the, the tech stock. And the forecast says it's going to go up three bucks at the end of the round. Then I know something that nobody else does. And I think, you know what? If I get any tech stocks, I'm not going to sell until next round after the stock goes up. But how do you get the stocks? How do you build the stocks in the portfolio? It's real easy. After everybody gets their forecast cards and that information, then you're dealt two more cards. And you're going to be placing these in five stockpiles. One will be up, one will be down. It's the number of stockpiles is the number of players. Oh, sorry. The, the number of players. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes. I forgot that. So, so if there's three players, obviously there's three stockpiles. But anyway, you're putting stocks in stockpiles, one up, one down, more hidden information. So you know that forecast, right, Marty? You know what stocks. So maybe you've turned that over. And because what's important about these stockpiles later, after everybody's placed these cards up and down, then you're going to start bidding on those stockpiles to buy those stocks. And I really enjoyed that mechanic, Marty, of, okay, I'm going to not pay anything for it. Well, you could come in and place your meeple right behind mine and pay, you know, another amount. You didn't have to go right there. You could run the stock up. And maybe you're playing a little mind game because you put a card in there down that would cause any stock um, to either go up or down or even for somebody to pay trader fees. So that's more information. All that's going on and you're bidding on this stuff and you're trying to manipulate each other to, oh, he needs to pay 10 for this because I know there's a really bad card in there. But, but meanwhile, even though I'm forcing that, I hope he doesn't stick me because I really want that stockpile over there. That, that I love that mechanic, Marty. So at the beginning of the round, like you said, everybody's dealt the three cards and it could be one of three, as you mentioned. It's either one of the six stocks. It's either trading fees, which just means if you get a trading fee card, you have to pay that amount. And it's like one, two, three K. Everything's in the measure of thousands. So and the, or there's uh, activate or action cards where you can slide any stock up or down. And like you said, we, we place those out there. And then starting with the first player, they place a bid. Bidding goes until everybody has uh, their token on one of the stockpiles. So everybody's going to get one stockpile. But as you said, some stockpiles are worth more than others. Bids can range from anywhere from zero to $25,000. So if you know there's some really expensive stocks in there that you try to, that you tried to hide, then you, got, you may want to bid it up. But then... At some point in time, Tony, we kind of got under a little bit of AP because in your in your head you're trying to do the math, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're looking at the current value of stocks that are showing, and maybe you know a stock that's that's turned face down in another pile, and you're going, well, if I pay this amount, then I'm going to be losing money if I bid 15. So I don't want my bid to go above 10. If somebody goes above to 15, you know they're going to be losing money. 
that is the most fun part of the game for me is the bidding selection, like you said. And I forgot to mention, Marty, that in the, the stockpile is initially f- um, seated, seated with a one stock each. Yes. At the beginning of the round, you flip over one card uh, and to, to create the initial stockpile. And then everybody places their card one face up, one face down from there. Yeah, and and that was a really cool mechanic, and then and then now maybe that was the problem, Marty, for me, and why I lost so badly at this game is I really didn't have the AP. I wasn't going that deep in the thing. I was just enjoying <laughs> sliding the little circles up and down the stocks, and and the comp- I love the component of the laminated cards. I felt that was really nice. I felt that was neat. And one thing we didn't mention, and I don't know if you can give it justice here on the podcast. You may guys go download the rules. Is when a stock tops out its value it splits now i will admit marty when you started talking about that you sounded like the charlie brown teacher to me and i really didn't pay a whole lot of attention another reason i probably lost let's just finish so after the bidding phase uh, that's uh, that's called the uh, the demand phase then you, everybody gets their their stocks in their hand like i said if there's any trading fees you've got to immediately pay those out mm-hmm. if the, any of your stock uh, in that pile has those action cards which says move stocks up or down then you immediately do that and that's and that's where like you said what can happen is if the stock gets above 10 bucks it's going to split so then it drops back in in value back down to six but any single card of that stock that you have and let's just take let's just take the um the tech stock that they have out there is it cosmo Cosmo computers or something. Yeah. Cosmo computers. If you have one of those and that stock splits on your player board, you have um, a side for regular stocks and then a a side for uh, split stocks. You reveal that card. By the way, the the stocks you have are hidden information also. So all that's hidden. You have to reveal that I have one of those uh, Cosmos computer stock cards. You move it to the split side. Now it's worth twice as much as what's shown on the board. So that's how the split works. But... If something ever causes a value of stock to hit below one, you are going to bankruptcy and you have and you lose every stock card of that company that you had in your deck and it's out of the game. And then the stock resets to five. And that only happened once with us. We were kind of nice to one another, but that's something else. Maybe you've noticed someone's been stockpiling up the automotive or the electric industry stocks and you're like, man, I got a forecast card that can really knock it out. And then... Ooh, now that stockpile right there has a net trader fees, but I know that I place in a minus two. You could really, you could bankrupt somebody on stocks. That's so neat. So then after that action phase, then here's the interesting part. It's the selling phase. You look at the board, you see the price of every stock out there. At this point, you can reveal any stocks that you have and sell them for the amount that's on the board. This is where you make money. Because you have to make money, make sure you have money in play because you use that money for doing the bid to buy more stocks. And this is the most interesting part of the game. Again, you have some hidden information in front of you. Next phase, you're going to reveal the, the stock that you had in the forecast and whether it moves up or down. So from that, you got to make a decision. Is a stock getting ready to maybe go bankrupt that you need to hurry up and sell because you don't want to lose it? Or is there a stock that you maybe think that's getting ready to split and you're going to hold on to it and hoping that it does split so it's worth more in the future? So at that point, everybody has to make the decision. How much stock am I going to keep and how much am I going to sell? Complete risk, just like the real stock market. 
Well, maybe not completely. They were just hacked recently, so there's no hacking involved here. <laughs> there's no hacking. There's no. And hacking. then right after that, you reveal those forecast cards. Everybody flips over the cards, and you adjust the stock prices accordingly. And that's the end of a round. The number of rounds is based upon the number of players. And after all the rounds have been played, you count up. You sell all your stocks at the end of the game. Whatever you have left in play, get money for all those. Add up your money. The person with the most money wins. That's it. And of course, the number of turns is based on the number of players. And so what was it, Marty? Is there like five, when we played with our players, it was like five rounds, if I remember correctly. And then I think it increases with the less number, right? That's correct. Real fast game. I mean, we were teaching, understanding, maybe not completely because I lost and full play. We were done in under 30, 40 minutes. Yes, with, four, easily. With, with five players. Yes, it, it really moves that fast. Once you understand the game, it moves quick. And that's one reason I really like this game. Typically in economic and market games, like I said at the beginning of this, they take a long time. They're confusing. They're hard to understand. The ones I've played, one of the ones I played recently was Planet Steam from Fantasy Flight Games, which is a heavy market game. Oh my gosh, the rules in that game I had to reread, reread, read, reread over again. You play the game. You try to teach the other people. This gives me that same feel. It's it's a it's a I guess it's a lighter game, but there's still a lot of decisions to be made. And the fact that the hidden information of what stocks I own and the forecast and what they're going to do makes the game totally unique. And here's the deal, Tony. After the game was over, remember I mentioned that was just the basic game. Yep. Mm-hmm. The other side of the board has a totally different type of uh, stock price gauge on it meaning it's more like the real world. So those tech stocks I talked about, like in the real world, they're very volatile. They can get you a lot of money, but in very quickly, they can also bottom out and, and go bankrupt. Meanwhile, blue chip stocks, like the steel stocks that's in this game, they're very consistent. They're very reliable. Sure, they may not make you a lot of money, but they probably won't ever go bankrupt either. That's a whole other side of the board that we can try. Plus, there's variable player powers. At the beginning of the game, you could deal each person uh, a unique investor. And these are kind of funny. They're based off real like millionaires. Like there's Billionaire Bill, which is based off Bill Gates, or Maverick Mark, which is off Mark Cuban. And each of them have a variable player ability. Like Billionaire Bill, he has no abilities, but he starts off the game with the most money. Crazy Kramer, which is that guy on the the CNN, the guy does that mm-hmm. show. Yeah. During the action phase, he can move this uh, a value of a single stock up, down, or one. Ooh. So, yeah. So isn't that cool? So all these have these different abilities. So every time you can play, you can play it as one of the different people. Plus, use the other side of the board. So there's even a lot more to this game than what we even experienced. And that's just so neat. And I think once you get through the the basic rules, that you're you'll always be on the advanced side. Does the game have legs? I think it's going, it'll be one of those games for people that ha- needs a, a quick 30 minute, 40 minute filler game or while you're waiting. But, you know, one thing that came to me, Marty, after we were talking about this, I think this would be an excellent sort of intro to the stock market for younger gamers. I have not thought about that. And you were 100% correct. If you talk about how buying and selling stocks work, and how the the market fluctuates, that's really a good idea. There you go. It's educational. So you've already given uh, your score. Uh, Here it is for me. If you're into market or economic games and and really enjoy that uh, that genre, this is a must buy because it's one of those things, there aren't many out there that kind of give you that 
market economic stock purchasing type game that's easy to grasp and understand and quick to play, this is it. So if you're into those type of games, definitely must buy from me. Yeah, and you're right. I said it was a must buy. So, and what is my criteria, guys? I always look at it. Is it a game that my wife will be willing to play and my neighbors be willing to sit down and how quickly that they'll grasp that concept as well as, you know, how, how easy is it going to be for me to get to the table and beat out Pandemic? Stockpile, Novo, Novo, N-A-U-V-O-O games. Uh, go check them out. Uh, I did pick this up at Origins. It will be at Gen Con. Try it out. Either go big or go home because it's Chit Chat time with Ree and Suze. So here we are with another segment of Chit Chat, and we are so excited to have our co-host back on the show again, all the way out from Seattle. You know her, you love her for a segment on Board Game Breakfast, where she's not wearing a vest there, but we know her in her love vest loving ways. Suzanne Sheldon. Hi! Soon to be dead Marty and friend Tony. <laughs> and also we have, coming in... From somewhere down in Florida, we have the throat-punching co-host of Spooning Meeples, Rhiannon Ox. Hi. I'm going to help her her too, just because, you know, friends. So how y'all doing? We haven't talked to you in a while. Fine. Good. Oh, wow. You people. Okay. Oh, my gosh. This is Marty. <laughs> do you not remember? This is how it started off last time with these two. It took a while and you got to get them going. So just jump right into it, man. Start asking them questions. Don't try to fill, fill this out. Just let's go. So, Suzanne, how was Dice Tower Con? Dice Tower Con was amazing. It was a ton of fun. I met great people. I played a ton of games. I had a few awkward encounters with people I thought were friends, and um, it was a awesome, awesome time. Whoa, 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 whoa! You just can't drop something like that and then just kind of skim over that. What kind of awkward moments? Well, you know, there was just the Chaz Marler who is also on the Dice Tower Network on Board Game Breakfast with a great segment. You know, he lives in Oregon, which isn't too far from where I live in Washington State, and we both thought it was amusing that the first time we'd actually meet in person would be in Florida across the country at Dice Tower Con. Ha ha. And, and Chaz apparently chose to, to, to use that moment, that magical moment when we get to meet in person to um, wear a khaki fishing vest to greet me, knowing that I uh, have some strong personal feelings about khaki fishing vests that we can discuss another day. Um, and then he proceeded to wear that khaki fishing vest the entire first day of the con. The entire day. So anyway, but the rest of the con was really super fun. And people in Florida were amazing. And uh, I honestly wasn't sure. Like, I planned on going down. And then I was like, you know, I'll go this year. It'll be a fun lark. And then, you know, it's too far to go. And I probably won't go again. I had so much fun. I'm... I'm seriously trying to figure out how I can go back again next year. Did he sweat in this vest during that whole time? I mean, it was Florida. I hope he perspired and he about passed out from dehydration. I hope so too. I hope yeah. he was. I hope it chafed. I hope there was chafing in <laughs> in in sensitive places. He probably had both Vaseline and water in his pockets, so I'm sure he was just fine. Because <laughs> it is a very functional uh, attire, so we we know that. You know, form deserves some some weight at the table, and uh, I would I would argue the vest has no form, and whatever function it does have is far outweighed by its complete lack 
of form. But anyway, how are you doing, Rhiannon? What's new with you? Tell me about Geekway. Wow, there's a segue for you if I've ever heard one. But Geekway was amazing. It was a really great time. It was very laid back and fun. And yeah, it was good stuff. I think... Uh, if I honestly, if I had to pick between that and BGG, I think it would be Geekway. If I had to pick, wow, wow, yeah, wow. And and Suzanne, what about you? If you had to choose between BGG Con and Dice Tower, oh, it would it would still be BGG Con for sure. I love Dice Tower, but BGG. So what about BGG Con pushed you over the edge to say BGG instead of Dice Tower? I think you know it is larger. And, uh, you know, I think the vendor situation, um, I was actually really impressed with how many um, purchasing options there was at Dice Tower Con, considering how, you know, relatively small it is. But, you know, BGG is is timed so that all the Essen releases are out. And so you can pick them up at BGG Con. There's a few more publishers there. The, the publisher hall is, is larger at BGG. There's more organized events like Artemis when we played that that video game, you know, and things like that. That all exists um, at BGG and doesn't at Dice Tower. So that's what would push it over the edge for me. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I'm in a situation where I don't have to choose between them next year. I'm hearing from actually multiple people that were at Geekway this year that if they had to choose, Geekway is really on the rise. Well, that's why I was going to ask Rihanna next is, so why Geekway over BGGCon? Why Geekway over BGG? Well, for me, the Essen part of it isn't really that exciting because the week before that, I have Lobster Trap, so I get to go play all the Essen stuff anyway. I feel like the location of BGG is what kills it. Like, you're there. You're stuck. You know, you can take your cab or whatever if you happen to have a car. You can go do something. But at least where Geekway was this year, it was in this, like, hotel that was connected to this, like supposed to be like nightlife outdoor shopping area type thing i don't know but there was a lot of restaurants that you could just like walk out to like it was just connected to the hotel it wasn't part of the hotel but it's like supposed to be that kind of area there's businesses and stuff so it you know caters to them as well it's like so the fact that you could just pop out and be like oh i'm going to panera to get breakfast instead of whatever is in this room like or there's a Mexican place, which everybody loved, something fuzzy tacos. I don't know. There was a crazy sailfish on the wall that's like painted all St. Louis-like, you know, with the cardinals and there's a flame on it. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But that was a popular place. I would not recommend it. I would re- recommend saying the, the sailfish. But otherwise, I was like, oh, this is not Mexican food anybody here, just by the way. <laughs> But yeah. And then it's St. Louis. So like you could just pop out and do like other fun St. Louis things. But Dallas is just Dallas. So it's like, oh, I'm in Texas. Well, Dal- and- Dallas has good stuff. It's just like you said, it's in a place no. that you can't get anywhere. It's still Texas. There ain't nothing wrong with Texas. There's a Texas is a pretty big state. Let's not tick off Texas. Nope. It's gone. <laughs> so wait a minute. So in St. Louis, which is where Geekway was, and I'm glad you finally dropped the name because not everybody is well versed as to where all these cons are. So so you're in St. Louis. I mean, are you is it sponsored by Miniature Market, who's got, you know, the huge presence there? I mean, were they a big driver for this? I mean, how did this come to be? Geekway Geekway Com. 
I have no idea about the history of it. I know Chris Darden is pretty instrumental in starting it, him and some of his friends. Like Jay Moore is another one. I think those two started started it, and they just got more people involved. And it's really – it doesn't have that many vendors. Miniature Market's there, and you know they have a huge dent and ding. Yes, that's right. Gotcha, section. Ding, ding. Um, so you can get some games for like 40% off right there and not have to get whatever the minimum thing is. Although now they changed it. So it's just a flat fee, but anyway, um, so they're there and they do a lot. Um, they actually get a lot of publishers to donate games. You get a game for showing up. So you get, you know, kind of BG does the same thing. You, but you like at Geekway, you pull a shit out of a bag and it's like you've got this game or you get to choose depending on whatever it is. There's a play and win library. So you know, companies have donated to that as well. So you can play any game you play that's in the library, you get entered to a raffle to win it. So that's pretty exciting. Like Mysterium had hundreds of app, you know, like entries because everybody played it. Like to the point where people were getting grumpy and they're like, there's no way this many people played Mysterium. And you're like, actually, if eight people can play the game and all four copies were constantly checked out, it's totally feasible. It's interesting because at Dice Tower Con, they had Mysterium as one of the hot games on a, like an open hot game table. That table was always full. Like, and people would like be standing over you as you were playing, waiting for you to finish so they could jump in and grab the table. As far as getting to, that's another point, though, I think, is for the, the three locations that we're talking about. I mean, getting to Dallas is fairly easy. It's a major hub. Getting down to Orlando is a, it's a huge challenge for some, but I mean, those of us can fly Allegiance. So did, I guess to me, it's, it's, you're right. The location is huge. The travel is huge. I mean, was St. Louis hard to get to Rhiannon? Well, I drove 20 hours straight to get there. Oh my gosh. Like a lunatic. Yeah. Well, the like GPS said, Oh, it's like 16 or 17. I was like, Oh, I can do that. And then it was like, wow, this is longer than I thought. And then, cause you know, you go over a time zone line, the time that it was telling me was that time. It didn't register in my mind until it was too late. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not, can't, I, I shouldn't stop. There's like two hours left. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, nope, there is more than that. But I didn't <laughs> realize that until it didn't make sense to stop anymore. So, yeah, but you, I mean, you could, there's an airport. There's a big airport in St. Louis. I don't think it'd be hard to get there. But don't drive 20 hours. I don't recommend it. It's <laughs> the moral of the story. <laughs> That's that's a downer for you, huh? And then, of course, Suzanne didn't encounter any jet airline butt numbness to get to Orlando from Seattle, did you? No, I had to red eye in, and it was pretty brutal. I left Seattle at 11 o'clock at night, and I got into Orlando at around 10.30 a.m. their time. That's almost as bad as a 20-hour drive, I feel. I, I think I think the twenty hour drive would be way worse, but um, it it's it's not ideal. But you know, because it takes eight to ten hours to travel from Seattle to Florida, like you basically either lose an entire day at the con, or you know have to pay for like extra hotel and all this stuff. So it it seemed like the best solution at the time. It's kind of interesting hearing all the about all these uh, different cons cuz it seems like obviously it's con season and everything and there's all these comparisons. Uh, I was wanting to do this cuz so people could hear, you know, for people who can't make all these different cons, which one would they want to go to? And it's like there's no definite winner. They all have their pluses and minuses. Like I came back from Origins going, oh, I think I like Origins better than BGG con and one of the main reasons why is cuz what Rhiannon said cuz just location. 
being able to walk out of the con and be able to get get some to eat is is really nice. And I was kind of getting cabin fever in that hotel last year at BGG Con, but it's such an intimate con, which is is kind of nice. And I was wondering if that's what Dice Tower Con was like. And it's funny, I talked to a friend of mine uh, from here who went to Dice Tower Con, who also went to BGG Con last year, and he said. Dice Tower Con was one of these things where a lot of large groups seemed to come in, and it was hard finding him somebody to game with. So he was there by himself, and he said at BGG Con, he never had a problem trying to find open games and people to play with because people put up signs, hey, you're going to play this game, whatever. But he was having some issues with that Dice Tower Con. He said, especially with those media people that would hang out together, and they were like clickish and would like talk to anybody else. And I said, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Hey, now. He's going to listen to this. He did not say that. I'm just kidding. I just want, I want to make a joke about that. But he did say that he did find it harder to, to find a game. He said it seemed like people came in together to game the entire weekend. It was hard for him to find a spot at the table to play. Oh, I actually heard that complaint or concern in like the Dice Tower Con Facebook group after the con as well. That a couple people mentioned they thought it was harder to get into open gaming or, you know, there were a lot of players needed signs up and not getting filled, which I actually commented on when I was at the con. I thought it was funny because they had these great, really prominent standees that uh, would say like, you know, players needed or teachers needed. And you could look up at any given time and there'd be like eight players needed signs up. And, th- and I was talking to somebody at the con, I'm like, you know, if a couple of these tables would just combine, they would have full games going. But, you know, people want to play what they want to play. If that's a concern, you know, I, I could see where that's true. Um, I didn't personally pick up on that, but um, I don't discount it because I've heard it from multiple places. I think the location, though, is a really good point. It was like 110 degrees with 90% humidity in Florida when I was there. And I'm not used to that weather. And I found it vastly unpleasant to go outside. <laughs> Rhiannon, would you please straighten her out on the temperature? Oh, no, that, nobody temperature. would live in Florida if there wasn't air conditioning. That's what I know from being a fifth-generation Floridian, that if it wasn't for AC, nobody would be here now. Similarly, the food situation was not ideal. You know, you could eat at the hotel, which was overpriced and not that great, or there was like a Denny's across the street or an expensive steakhouse down the street. And that was kind of your choices if you don't want to drive. So kind of the geekway situation or origin sounds amazing comparatively. You know, it's funny. Next, I'm curious how it's going to work out next year because um, origins is going to be the middle of June. In fact, it's going to be over uh, Father's Day weekend. And then a few weeks after that, you're going to have Dice Tower Con. And then once again, Gen Con's kind of like late July, early August. So there's only like a six-week span between Origins and Gen Con with Dice Tower Con in between. A lot of people are going to have to make a lot of decisions next year who can't afford to do or, or are able to do all three. I feel like Geekway is very close to those times. Oh, it is? Is, is it in June also or is it May? Quick, somebody find Google and we'll know. <laughs> and don't forget... Also next year, you have BGG at Sea on, in August, where you get to go through the Caribbean and be on a ship with two days of cruising, and then, no way, Suzanne, you're not? No, I have no, no interest in that either. Why not? Just think about it. You're stuck on a ship with a bunch of people playing board games. When Isn't that just awesome when they go in the, in the bowels of the boat? Yeah, I prefer my board gaming without a side of norovirus, but uh, yeah. A-OK. <laughs> 
You're so picky, Suzanne. I know. What can I say? We fixed that problem. Don't worry about it. So, so Geekway is May 19th, 22nd next year. Wow, that is a lot of cons right yeah. there together. But that's just it, Marty. I'm <clears throat> For me to decide next year, because I get one a year, I've got to find out where you people are. I've got to go where the homies are. I've got to find out, is, is Suzanne and Rhiannon and Marty all and all going to be in the same way? Is Rodney going to be there? Is Chris, our buddy, going to be there? Well, I mean, you know, you get that one option. So uh, what I'm hearing from you guys is that they're, they all have their positives. They all have their negatives. And you really need to figure out what it is you want to do. Open gaming, vendors, location, and being stuck in a hotel for four days or whatever. So, I mean, there's no clear winner. You just got to find where your friends are and go, I guess. You have friends everywhere, Tony. I think there is a clear winner because correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we all four going to be at BGG Con this year? Yes. So doesn't that instantly make it the go-to con for everybody? Because hello, we the four of us are going to be there. What else do you need? Well, no, that that's true, but we're talking about 2016. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, you know, having you guys cry is draw enough, I feel, for a lot of people. <sighs> so Just name the game. Name the game. <laughs> We've had this talk before, and we know how that turned out for you. <laughs> Squirrel! But, but we've got the new game for you guys, and are you ready for this? And actually, it's a, it's a continuation. I'll throw the gauntlet right now, Marty. Okay. You want me to put this down? We want the- I have no idea where you're going with this. It's not on my agenda anywhere, but go ahead. I've already discussed this with you. You're doing it at Gen Con. We're going to follow it up at BGG Con. We're going to put some Nirishima hex on you. Oh! That's interesting. That's right, ladies. Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's go. Some Nirishima. It's it's a re rehash of the battle at Gen Con, but this one is for blood. So I can go watch Marty lose at Gen Con. And then beat him. Yes, I will take some strategic notes. Well, it all depends on what time he's playing the game, because I have nighttime things to do that I cannot discuss here. Um. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Um, when it, but Marty, you're playing that as an event, right? Yes, on Thursday night around eight o'clock. I'll probably be knee deep in debauchery at that point. But yeah. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so yes, actually, Nurishima Hex would be a good one because Ignacy will be at BGG Con, and we could bring him in on this. You, you ladies, think that over if you're not too scared. Well, I'm never too scared. Number one. I don't have a number two. Basically, I'm never too. I have to learn this game. I've never played it. I'll have to learn it. I have it on my iPad, but... You know, Rhiannon, that probably gives them at least a shot at winning, the fact that you Fair. and I are not expert at it. So, so you know, they, they deserve a handicap. So that seems like it has potential. I'm just throwing it out there. Discuss amongst yourselves later. I think we've just accepted Tony is what happened. Because we're not scared. <laughs> wow. Oh. It's like, we never played the game. We don't care. We'll still beat yeah, you. Yeah, pretty much. Whatevs. Fine. We're good with this. So anyway, so yeah. Okay. So you're not going to tell me Geekway. I heard a lot of great things about it. Dice Tower Con. Suzanne, I'm surprised you didn't take the family with you and be out in 130 degree temperature with 110% humidity trying to ride a Dumbo flying around (laughs) that kind of stuff. You didn't do that, did you? No, because then it's not a vacation for me. Correct. So uh, I was I was good on my own. Thanks. Oh, man. I, I, I just I know. I mean, shoot, we went down to Universal in March and I was sweating. I can only imagine what it would have been like in June. So a nightmare. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. It was gross. Marty, 
Um, you got any other follow-ups to this? I'm still lost. I don't know what I'm doing in 2016. I don't know. It's going to be interesting after a BGG con after we, now we go, all have been through this a second time. I'm bringing Vanessa with me. So this will be an interesting spin on the trip this time. Uh, cause Tony and I won't be rooming together. So that'll be kind of different. <laughs> yeah. Just somebody, please, somebody don't kick my cardboard box outside the hotel. <laughs> I will actually not be at the whole BGG con this year because <gasps> um, I have to do a presentation on learning strategies for people with autism at the community college level in Vegas that week as well. So I'm going to go to Vegas and do that. I think that's like Thursday and then fly back over into the middle of the country and go to BGG. Why didn't we just meet up in Vegas? <laughs> You talk about things to do. Holy cow. I mean, pay $30 and get your picture taken with a minion. What? Have you never... He's, <laughs> he's so lost. Have you never... Do you not notice that? The street people that you can take your pictures with? Yes. You got you to give them $30 or they don't give you your camera back? Well, how about this? I don't get pictures made with people dressed up on stuff on the side of the street. Oh, you... Dude, you don't live. And if you want Disney characters, just go to Disney, and then you can get them for free because you paid $5,000 to get into Disney. There you go. I was going to say, that ain't free. Mm-mm. <laughs> the picture is, but that, that entrance fee is... <laughs> so actually, we did have a actual topic we were going to talk about, and an actual subject. We weren't just going to sit here and just foam at the mouth for the 30 minutes. So, Tony, what is that subject? Well, you know, Marty, Matt over at the, our BGG Guild suggested that we bring these ladies back since we had such a great time with the theme music episode. And <clears throat> I, I, every time I hear trouble, you know who I'm thinking of. So there you go. Um, and he said, why don't you guys discuss a game that would be like the game you, you marry, the game that you will spend the rest of your life with. Discuss that on the show. I'd be kind of interested in here. Is there even, could you even lock yourself down to that single game and spend the rest of your life? So Marty, that's what we're going to talk about. Well, sweet. Let's do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck was that? That was enthusiasm, Tony. Enthusiasm. Can you? This is like episode seventy-one. You'd think we had this down by now. So, ladies, we sent this out to you over a month ago. You've had a month to think about it. Have you even thought about it until right before we started recording? I'm seeing. I'm seeing blank stares, guys. You sent a reminder earlier today, and, and I started thinking about it then. So that was before right now. Oh, this is going to go so well. <laughs> This is, this is, this is going to be successful. Well, this is, this is tough, right? So, so, I mean, you sent this little sentence about, you know, what game would you marry if you could only be with one game for the rest of your life and only look at other games, but never touch, right? And that sounds very dramatic. And then it's like, well, perhaps similarly to how you lay out your criteria for an actual spouse, uh, what is your criteria? What does it mean to like have a, uh, a one your lifetime game what like is it um how much replayability is it variety is it versatility is it quality of components i mean i don't i like all this like it was like a a, a tornado in my brain and it overwhelmed me so i, I want to hear how you guys kind of thought about it 
Okay, Marty, what what do you could you tell us the traits? How did you think through it? Did you have difficulty with it? No, this was killing me. So I've been trying to think about if there's only one game I could play the rest of my life. I was really hurting. So we talk about traits you look for in a spouse. I, I think you you hit a lot of those, um, Sue's. In fact, somebody that you can spend a lot of time with and enjoy and get to know better over time and not get tired of. And when it comes to a game, I was really struggling with that. That's why I actually sent out uh, some notices to ask, what kind of parameters are we, we going to put on this? So, for example, obviously we're, we're talking board games here. But if we were like totally open this up and I was saying if there was one game or game type, I might would have considered, and this is too broad, it's not going to be my answer, but like the Pathfinder core rule book. To where there's something there that you could just spend the next your your lifetime playing scenarios and building characters and building worlds and and using a lot of imagination and some people do that right some people will pick an RPG and they'll play it for the rest of their life the same system and and really get a kick out of it but when it came to strictly a board game I probably have an answer here but it's not the best answer because I I after I say this and after I record this later on I'm going to go oh I should have said that. So are you saying like court sort of in life after you say I do you sit there and think oh my <laughs> god what have I done? Oh my god does Vanessa listen to this show? I am not saying that because that did not what happen. What are your with feelings me? on roll for the galaxy Marty? <laughs> wow are you what what are you trying to do to me here you did it to yourself i'm just calling it back is all calling it back stir that pot uh, so but what about you for rihanna what would you consider to be did you even consider or were you just thinking any game that could withstand a throat punch what what was you what were your thoughts the game does not need to withstand the throat punch my first thought honestly was kind of like what is the selection criteria but it was also who do I have to play this game with? I mean, am I putting it with everybody I know and encounter from here on out? Is it always going to be the same people? Um, so that was kind of like my biggest thing. I was going to jokingly say 504 since it's supposedly 5,000 games in one. And, you know, but <laughs> you could just play whatever you want with this game. Um, but I don't know that it's going to be super great in general. So I declined that one. But... Um, and then I started thinking, like, maybe it would have to be, like, a party game type game, because as much as I love Twilight Struggle or Dominant Species, like, again, who am I playing this with? Like, getting that people to play that would be difficult. So I was like, well, party games, all right. So I know, like, a bunch of those that I would love to play, like, all the time, like Six Nymphs, which I guess is kind of a party game. I would play that easily anytime anybody asks. Hasty work. Easily, anytime anybody asks. Um, but then I also started thinking that maybe I am polygamorous <laughs> and that I do not want to just settle down <laughs> with one board game. I'm sorry, no, no, stop. Stop, 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 stop. I'm sorry. I need you to stop talking <laughs> and rewind and start again. Could you say that term, please, and, and then outline the definition for me again? I need to hear this. It's important. <laughs> That would be polygamorous, um, and it means free to love any game you choose at any given moment, I guess. I just made that up on the fly, and it seems like that's, I don't know, 
no, that's an awesome. I mean, you're you're in a community. You're in a free thinking community. Yes. I'm loving this. We are okay. very forward I'm, thinking here. Yeah, and I'm hearing the click of a keyboard, so I know what's fixing to hit the way airways out there. Yeah, and this, the this webs. <laughs> Polygamerous is getting ready to hit Twitter any second. It now, had to so. happen. It had to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go back and look at your Twitter feeds from like several days ago, and you're going to see this term pop up from somewhere. Hashtag polygamerous. Oh my gosh! Whatever. Yes. But that, that's interesting that you would say that because, I mean, there's, you just got, I, I'd look at it like this. You have just so much love to give that you would hate to deny any particular game the joy of experiencing you playing it. Is that, that's how I would look at it. I have a lot of hate, and I think I hate more games than I love, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. That's the Rhiannon I know and love. Um. But I really think it, because they're, the people that I game with are so varied, it's hard to say that this would be the one game that I would play. Like, even Six Nymphs and Hasty Wart, which I could play with, like, all day, every day. I don't know that that game is for everybody, but the same token, I could play Twa, like, all day. And I don't think that's for everybody. So, unless I'm playing with the same people all the time, having a game just seems so unfair to, like, impose upon other people. Uh, so, I didn't even think about it, about the uh, effect of playing with others. I guess I was just thinking a game that, regardless of who I'm playing with, it's just a game that whenever I play a game, even if it's different people, I'm always playing the same game. So I looked at it like that. Not that I'm playing with the same group every single time. It's like whenever I get to play, this is the only game I get to play. Then still one of those two. Maybe Hasty Work because that is a little bit different, more creative. And it's like trivia and categories at the same time. And it's really fun. And there's bidding. There's blind bidding. It's a good game. Anyway. But see, Rhiannon, the way you were kind of thinking about it was similar to part of the process I went through where it was like I was looking at my, my shelf and at my BGG collection and I thought, well... I kind of thought, okay, who am I playing this with? And, you know, is this the only game I can use to introduce new players to and things like that? Um, And I thought, well, boy, I could, you know, patchwork is amazing. And and I just, the way that you randomize the tiles makes it infinitely replayable to me. Um, And it's a good balance between strategy and quick and whatever. And then I was like, but it's only two player. And I'm like, well, okay, if I, if we're talking about like my two player spouse, then I could pick that, but I've got to be broader than that. And then I, I totally thought about party games too and and like player count and um, how you can be social and things like that. And, and, and so I was definitely thinking kind of in terms of categories, if that makes me polygamous as yes. well, oh, I does. might be really connecting with this thing that you've created, Rhiannon. And I just, it, I don't know, my, my, my heart is just grew like half a size. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's in my brain's a swirl. I just don't even know. It's like the Grinch. It's, it's well, you know, it's, it's <laughs> my mind is blown right now. So I, I'm leaning towards polygamous, although I did come to a decision about a spousal game. So if I'm, you know, put into a corner, I, I could, I could name it. Uh, Tony, have you told the reasons? Have you t- gave your thought process? All of us have. I'm still working on polygamous in my head, but, um, <laughs> and see, I was thinking along the lines that Suzanne first introduced is I was looking for the traits of a game that I would, that's how I would go about solving this dilemma of what would it be? It would be, you know, a game that I'm not embarrassed to bring to the table, regardless of, of what others think. I'm happy to have it under my arm as I walk into the room, you know. Does Donna listen to this show? No. 
No, okay. not one bit. Um, never. Not even what she recorded. New. No. So, um, but no, that's that's how I was thinking. What what are my favorite traits in a game? What are the things that um, I enjoy that I will know that I will always be able to say, you know, this game does not create an issue if it won't be jealous if another game happens to come in the collection because it knows it is so good that it will come back to the table because it is the game that I have chosen. So I went through all the various traits I enjoyed and I said, Hey, this is, this is going to be my game right here just because I know I will always be able to play it with people and I'm will always enjoy it whenever I play it. So I'm not as deep thinkers as you guys. I'm just simply saying, okay, yeah, that's it. And your game is? Oh, so I get to name the game first. So very good then. It, it's going to be Ticket to Ride with all the expansions. I am stunned. You're stunned. I am stunned. I had that thought for sure it was going to be pandemic. Never. Mm-mm, because that requires, that to me is kind of, we are on the Dice Tower Network, folks. So I thought about a co-op there and I said, no, nah, that's not the trade I want in a game. I don't want it to have to have a co-op feel to it i want a game where you know it's there's no direct conflict it's a game that it's me and you know i'm i'm playing against the other players trying to maximize the point and i said i'll always be able to do it it's got some great expansions i mean it's got some legs to it mm-hmm, legs and i'm looking at it from that standpoint what it does suzanne it's got legs just just learned a little something new about you that's all i'm just adding it to the file folder <laughs> And I'm sure I could take up a whole file drawer eventually. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's got the, the co-op. It does have a co-op component in the Asia expansion. You have the team concepts to it. You, can, you have a multiple party. So it's, it's very expandable. But it's the best kind of team because you don't have to talk to them. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can be solo and there it is. And then, the, and then you can go. It's even specialized for just those intimate moments with two players. Mm. Mm, with with the Switzerland expansion, so that was mine. That's 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 actually a good one. That's actually good. I was actually thinking, and that's why I brought this up today. And I was thinking, I'm going to do an LCG. I'm going to do like a you know a Netrunner or Conquest with all the expansions because I could be constantly be changing and building the deck and getting better. But I thought that was taking a pass because I thought everybody's going to stick to a board game. And this is the best one I came up with, and I still don't think it's. I don't know. I'll probably think of something better. I needed something with that said the replayability that could be different every game that had a little bit of meat to it and something that I have trouble playing and not playing. I don't play it very well. So I need to spend a lot of time with it to understand how it really works. Like in a good marriage, like you try to get to know your spouse better by spending a lot of time with them and over time getting better. I'm going to say Terra Mystica. And the reason why is because one of the big things is the faction boards. Every time I play Terra Mystica, I could play a different faction and play the game totally different. I stink at Terra Mystica. Thus, it's something I need to spend more time with and playing so that I can get better at it because I have so much to learn about that game. Just like when you first marry somebody, you have so much to learn about that person and get to know them better. So that's it. Again, probably tomorrow I'll think of something better for right now because of Player variability with each time I play, and I need to play it a lot in order to understand it better. Terra Mystica. All right. So, which one of you ladies would like to go first? Suzanne. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of uh, figuring out how Marty's 
selection of Terra Mystica aligns to his relationship with Vanessa. And I'm just thinking about all the discussion topics I have for when she and I hang out at BGTCon. <laughs> um, all right. So for my game, I selected, I, you know, Tony, in a lot of ways, we thought in similar lines and landed in, in, in a similar territory. Uh, and that is for me, Carcassonne, mm. and uh, in 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 a lot of ways, first, you know, I I think it's accessible, but there's some complexity there, and um, you can play it with a variety of different people at a variety of you know at, at different skill levels. Uh, it plays a little differently every time, and and hey, if you get to add expansions, you know, then of course Carcassonne also has a significant number of expansions, some better than others, uh, that add you know, that enhance the game even more and add more variety and, and therefore to me replayability. So for me, a spousal game would be Carcassonne, which is funny because honestly, Carcassonne wouldn't even be in my top 20 games probably. But there you go. I guess sometimes marriage is about compromise. Well, always. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting choice, and and one of the things to point out now doesn't Carcassonne like Ticket to Ride have like a tenth year anniversary edition or anything like that? I don't remember. They had the city, you know they they released a really nice version of Carcassonne the city about twenty years ago, um, in a nice wood box and wood walls and stuff like that. But I don't I don't think they've done an anniversary. I, I could be wrong. I could have missed it. Rhiannon, who is it going to be? Who's going to put that ring on your finger? Or are we just going to say, hey, I'm free will, I'm in a commune. and, and Am I allowed to be in a gaming commune in my polygamer is gaming commune? Can I be there? Is that allowed? Or do I really need a game? I, I have a game. I honestly didn't have anything before we started this. And I stand by my, I have a lot of games to love statement. Um, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be El Grande. Interesting. Why? Do go on, yeah. I like pretty much everything about that game. Um, I like the how you can have the conflict in the middle, how you have to choose your cards, how you have to choose the big cards, how you can drop things randomly in the stupid castle. There's the Mr. Hanky guy, the king, who walks around the board, who I find <laughs> hilarious. I don't think he's in the reprint, but every time I see that, that's all I think. Because I'm like, oh boy, there's that guy. I'm sure it was a statement of some sort. Howdy ho! That gets what happens in my mind every time he gets moved. I'm like, howdy ho! (laughs) So, Rhiannon, are you going to um, pick up the deluxe version of El Grande when it comes out this year? Mm. Or next year? This year? Next year? I really like how it's boring and Euro-y as it is. I don't know. I mean, I might, like, but the cha- the meeples, I don't know why they had to change in the color. I don't know. And, Suzanne, that goes back to what the joke that fell flat with you I was going to try to bring up. You know, I have the 10th anniversary of Ticket to Ride. I picked a game who was willing to change itself for me for the better, you know? And that's what I got with Ticket to Ride as well. So, Well, did you invest in this game at that point? I really, really want to. I just I haven't been able to pull the trigger, but I think it will show up on the shelves this year. Because mm. cause I'm so scared. And I thought for sure Marty was going to be all Puerto Rico-ish. Puerto Rico, I thought about. The problem is it's about the same game every time. And with something like Terra Mystica, again, depending on which faction you play, you have to play the game totally different. So that's why. 
Because I mean, I understand that for you because you like that. It's swapping up the gamer boards. You 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 like that. I like random. I, I like random stuff and and the board being different every time. Yeah, I hear you like to be surprised, but that's about as far as I'll go with that one. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Oh yes, Rhiannon. What would you like to? You got your hand raised there. I do. Uh, <laughs> so as it happens, the tenth anniversary wedding present is tin or aluminum. And I'm pretty sure that's what the trains and your fancy anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride are made out of. So there, there you, you go. go. You're welcome. I just justified your purchase because this is your married game and it spent 10 years making itself better. So you better get that 10, buddy. And just like Suzanne's Carcassonne, you can take it with you. There's an app for that. The app is actually really fun. I like it a lot. I mean, how hard was this for you guys? We heard Marty. Marty, I mean, was it that hard? Hard, yes. Yes, it was. It was hard. Because I, start, I started, started really thinking, if I could only play one game from now on, I, I was really struggling with that. And I still don't think I could play Terra Mystica from now on. That'd be the only thing I ever play. I was just trying to come up with the best answer I can come up with. I feel like I could have stuck with Hasty Work because the like, old edition actually has a board. And I could have technically done it. But all you do is just move your guy. It's not like you really... And there's once you get to one part of the board, then there's like a category that gets attached. So it makes it harder. Like you can't use the letter A in any of your answers. And it's just ridiculous and fun and amazing. But since the new version doesn't have a board, I didn't do it. And I chose El Grande. I think it was a really fun question because it's different than what's your favorite game. You know, like somebody asked me that at Dice Tower Con. Well, what's your favorite game? And I'm like, I can never answer that question because it's, ah. And, but, but the, the, what's your lifetime game question feels a little different to me. And I like that. It was a different kind of mental exercise to go through. So, um, and, and it was, I found it very difficult and and it's interesting to hear how you guys thought about it too and where you landed on it i think that was fun i'll be it'll be fun to see what other people say i you know it'll be fun to ask other people that question now and see what they have to say and we'll definitely have this question up in our guild and so if people want to go out there and tell us what is your what is your answer to this question it'd be really interesting to hear other people say because i was totally surprised by tony's I was actually totally surprised by everybody. Carcassonne and Ticket, well, Carcassonne and Ticket to Ride are, are classic games that I just can't see either one of you pulling out and playing a lot of anymore. So it's interesting you went back to that. Yeah, I, I, me too. Because I, but but I think Tony and I were thinking in in a similar vein about what our criteria were. Yeah, I mean it's it's what was I comfortable with? What was it that I know brings me joy? And, and that was it. That, that's what I was thinking about. You people are giggling at me tonight. Thank you so much. But that's what that's what I was trying to leverage on is that's what I would say. Hey, I, I will be always happy to bring it out just because to me, it's a fun, light game. And after a hard day at work, I don't need to come home to something that's going to hurt my brain and deal with it. I'm I just want I just want to relax. I want to enjoy the time I'm spending with with my soulmate in the board game. And look at Suzanne; she's just shaking her head at me again. You sure Donna doesn't listen to this 100%. show? Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, I just want to make sure. What? What did I say wrong? I'm just. I'm just getting this image. Like I just get this sense, Tony, that you want Ticket to Ride to greet you at the door after work with a with a shaken martini with an olive in it, wearing high heels. With legs, yeah. With legs, exactly. 
I, you know, well, what can we say? Well, that's what the whole exercise was about. So as Marty pointed out, it'll be interesting to see what other people have to say about this because I'm sure we'll get a few responses on, on the, over at the Guild. So that'll be interesting. Now, before we let you ladies go, we do have a couple things that we want to talk about before uh, that's going to be coming up uh, soon. And both of them are like old right around the time of Gen Con. Now, Rhea is going to be running this pretty epic event, I think, at a Gen Con called Battle of the Board Game Networks. Rhea, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, Battle of the Board Game Networks is going to be a board games as competitive sport event, if you will. Um, there will be three teams, of which, of course, Marty, you are on one, and... Joel posted that amazing video of you being ridiculously amazing, as well as Tox, who is also on your team. I'm ridiculously amazing all the time, not even on video. So you ought to see how Vanessa is impressed with me in real life. <laughs> I wish the internet and like radio land could see my face right now because I, yep, mm hmm. I was so, so flabbergasted by his assertion that she is impressed and amazed. So what's the whole, what's the whole event? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I cut yeah, you well, off. Well, so what's the whole event again, Rihanna? And I'm not going to be there, so I'm not going to see this awesomeness as I'm hearing about right now. So so you're bringing in all these yeah. teams to so just So it's going to be those three, and then it's going to be Lance and Hunter. And to, to be determined third person right now, we're working on that. Um, possibly Keith, but we'll see. Um, and then the other team will be Anthony and I guess I should say last names, but it doesn't matter at this point. And uh, Matt and Ryan and those three different teams are going to go against each other and we'll be playing games as teams. And so there will be um, like Giant Rhino Hero is one of the games that we're going to play. So each team is going to be building their Giant Rhino Hero Tower and whoever gets it the highest or whatever, maybe the first person who knocks it over loses and it's like elimination. And then... There will also be like Spyfall. We're going to do live Spyfall and the audience is going to vote on like who's the spy. Uh, so it'll be very interactive from an audience standpoint. We're going to have giveaways. A bunch of companies are donating games, the games that we're playing, some other games that are just, you know, kind of hot right now, like uh, Spectre Ops is one of them. Um, we're getting some Pocket Imperiums and Redacteds and stuff like that. Uh, I think we're getting some rhino heroes, like normal size rhino heroes. We're getting some of those. Pictomania might be coming our way. There's some other stuff. Wow. Trickling in. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Stuff from, you know, Scott at Arcane Wonders. I'm sure there's going to be a sheriff of Nottingham and stuff like that. Mage, Mage War stuff. I thought I saw there was uh, Joel had a lot of promo stuff that he was Oh, yeah. He has Specter Ops promos. Yep. Yep. And this event is when? Friday night at 6. Friday night at 6. And you can find it on the event schedule. I guess it's under Battle of Board Game Networks. Yep. And we will have a link in our page to that event. Right, Tony? Yes. Yes, we will. (laughs) So so you can find it there. Tickets are still available. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the the giveaways, uh, like you said. So it's going to be a blast. Rhea's been putting a, a... lot of work in behind the scenes to get this uh, ready to go so we're really excited to see how this turns out and hopefully it's something that uh, people will enjoy and maybe it'll happen again in the future and you probably want to win and right now your team is winning because your video was amazing oh well well thank you and we'll uh we'll post a link to that in our page too right tony yes yes we will (laughs) and then tony can go to it and see it 
<laughs> That's right. Who didn't even know about it. We're talking about it tonight. <clears throat> but now I'm intrigued. And I, I can't imagine. Well, the tickets aren't sold out. What is wrong with the people at Gen Con? What's competing against you? How dare they? Oh, well, actually, Live Dice Tower Con or Dice Tower is happening at the exact same time. It was really, really, really bad timing. Tom wanted an 8 o'clock slot. They did not give him an 8 o'clock slot, and he could not get his change. And so now these two events are overlapping. So that really stinks because um, uh, I know those are two great events that people want, want to go to. But at ours, we're giving away a lot of cool stuff. And at Dice Tower, they are not. Yeah, but that's no reason just to attend. You, you're coming there for the personalities and the entertainment. It's not the free giveaways. Really? Is it not? Because I think Have it might be. Have you been be. to Gen Con, Tony? <laughs> yes, I've been in 2012, and I hope to get back in 2018. But if you cannot make Gen Con this year, there is something else going on. And Suzanne can tell us a little bit about that. Yes, Gen Cant 2015 is in the works, and uh, I'm already seeing some enthusiasm and excitement online for it, and I'm pretty excited for it this year because we actually have a little bit of time to plan some stuff instead of just throwing it all together at the last minute. So uh, details are going up on GenCant.com. There's not a lot up there right now, but I'm working on it. But uh, we have some fun stuff planned, like digital kind of social media based versions of Mysterium and concept. Uh, and I uh, think we'll also do a couple we also have a couple of other tricks up our sleeve as well. And this is actually the first place I get to talk about this so I'm super excited. We are going to run a quick contest for uh, the official Gen Cant badge design. So starting um, right about the time that this show is airing on, um, we'll have details on our website, but we're going to run a little open contest and people are welcome to submit any uh, any design that they think would work for a Gen Camp badge, whether it's hand-drawn or computer-generated or what have you. And we're going to get all those submissions and they'll be up to the public. The selection pro- um, process is is, is going to be a little secretive, but um, in the spirit of Gen Camp, any badge is acceptable for admission. But we will end up selecting one to kind of be our official uh, badge that people will be able to download and print so that they can feel uh, like they are attending the maybe second best four days in gaming in the world um, online. You are a brave, brave woman. Well, there might be a little filtering of content before it goes uh, live. But I mean, it was amazing what you, Gen Camp went live in 2014, what, like three days before Gen Con or something? And you, and you pulled an amazing event out. So <clears throat> the expectations I'm sure, you know, are incredible now that you've had a full year to plan this. Totally. And, and working nonstop, uh, weekends, no nights, pressure. uh, focusing on it. Um, absolutely. I can say that, you know, the community again has already stepped up and like, for example, um, uh, a lovely person out there has already created a custom crocheted dice bag to donate to the prize pool and it's adorable and pretty and it's going to be so much fun. And then, of course, we have game designers and publishers stepping up. I don't know if we're going to rival Rhiannon's amazing prize pool for her event because that was 
awesome. But, you know, people like Portal Games and Crash Games and Stronghold and Daniel Solis from Smart Play Games are all donating games and or promos that we'll be giving away as part of the Gen Cant raffles that people can enter to win. And I think, you know, the whole point is to bring some of the spirit and excitement of all these great events that you get to do at Gen Con to all the people that can't go. So bringing um, some of the product and some of the game goodness uh, beyond uh, the, where is it? Iowa? Idaho? Iowa, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Someplace in the middle of the country. Yeah. And uh, Chaz Marler from Paradise Paradise and myself will actually be doing some Gen Cant videos from the Gen Con floor. Uh, we're talking about uh, doing some uh, content before the show hits and then while we're there. So we're going to be at Gen Con, but at Gen Cant in spirit as a way to kind of have some fun and show how what the differences are between Gen Con and Gen Cant. I think it's going to be so fun to see that. Uh, I cannot wait to see those videos myself. And I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I think that we should, uh, I mean, are you, you're not spies. You're not infiltrators. Oh, no. what, what are, I mean, you're just representatives. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, we're, we're just going to be representatives. Team Vest. <sighs> yes, Team Vest. So we will be there with our uniforms on. So if you are at Gen Con, uh, look for Team Vest as we will be around on the floor talking to people about their experience at Gen Con and, and maybe how it does differ from, from, from the Gen Can. Like, prime example, we'll be going, be going up into some of the really long lines waiting to get their badges and whatnot and, and say, hey, you know, if you were at Gen Can, it would just be like print and then put on your shirt and you're done. <laughs> and everybody in line at Gen Con will be like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can't tell you how grateful I am that you guys are doing that. I think um, it'll be a lot of fun for, for everybody to, to see that stuff. Well, I remember last year, the, the hashtag Gen Cant was going insane for like three or four days. I mean, I think there was one day it was actually trending higher than Gen Con itself, which is really awesome. And, and with this much of a head start on it, I think it's going to be a blast. And ladies, if someone wanted to contribute to either of your efforts here, how would they do that? What's the best way to, to contact you? I guess they could just like track me down on Twitter. That's probably the easiest, to be honest, because um, that's where I'm always at. Okay, so if I said, you know, RDTN or Marty will contribute a moon pie, he could do that. Okay. We're actually contributing a dice tower. We are. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's for the battle and for Suzanne. That's exclusive right there. I didn't even know that. No, no, no. We're co- I'm sorry. We're, we're giving a dice tower for, um, I guess I could give one for that too. I was actually thinking Gen Cant. I told Suzanne we'd give I've one got, for dice I've tower. Got, I've that got too. that covered for Gen Cant. Okay. Well, one of, one of our dice towers from Broken yeah, Token. From Broken Token, we've got, we've got two to give away for that party and 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 example let's say suzanne let's say i wanted to do another handmade leather dice bag and and contribute that or something like that i can't go with the crochet i'm not can't do that but i can do the leather well there is um a website jencant.com and there's a get involved page that has a few details about whether you want to donate or just uh make sure that you don't miss attending and get registered on time uh but of course you can also email me um for jencant related stuff i actually have suzanne at jencant.com or uh, similar to Rhiannon, I am occasionally on the Twitters. So uh, you can also reach out to me at 425Suzanne on um, Twitter as well. Well, I think at Gen Con, everybody should be running up to Rhiannon and giving her stuff to give away. That's just my opinion on that. I agree. Well, that's fine. 
If you run up to Rhiannon, you may end up with a fist <laughs> in your throat. So you might better be careful how you approach her. This and I hear true. that she also appreciates a good hug. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show so much. <laughs> Uh, it's just things I hear. It's the things I hear. So anyway, you know, sometimes I wish that uh, this show had a video feed because some of the looks we get are, are just classic tonight. Uh, oh, what can I say? So, oh, but ladies, uh, all your efforts are greatly appreciated, um, especially you know f- from us, and I'm sure from the community as a whole. I mean, I, I will be participating heavily in the Gen Cant. Yay! I'm so excited. Easy on the enthusiasm. <laughs> genuine i'm i'm actually excited i'm sorry yeah i'm so excited we can't all be selfie stick wielders as soon as the show is over i'm i'm i've i've taken screenshots during this show marty whether you realize it or not and the selfie stick spinning they'll they'll be going live i'm gonna try to see if i can gif them into something moving yes you want me to go get my selfie stick and we can both point them at you like he's been doing it like that right there Mm mm-hmm Look, it's a, it's a twirly thing. So. Yeah, I know, I know. You've been doing it all show. I'm doing I'm doing selfie stick exercises. I'm trying to get ready for Gen Con. It's just a few weeks Why away. Why are you not donating a selfie stick to Gen Cant? Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, thank you so much for, as always for coming on to our show. We really do appreciate, it, and we can't wait for, to have you back next quarter. And I will definitely have to start pre- planning our return because it only took three months to get this scheduled and i love the fact that we kept changing it thank you you're welcome for me i know it was my fault my bad for doing that because i'm taking my daughter to minions but anyway thank you for being so flexible and we will have more great topics for you coming up are you are you ready for that do i have to prepare you or can i just drop it on you next time i'm always ready oh please no preparation oh geez no preparation how insane was it tonight and we prepared that's why I'm thinking it'd be so much. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. So much. I am curious. Um, board game blender, spooning maples, all that. Tell us where the people can find you, ladies. Sure. So I have a segment on board game breakfast, which airs Mondays, and I cover board game apps. And then on a newer show called Board Game Blender, which is run by Z Garcia, um, I also have a segment where I get to talk about non-digital board games, which is actually really exciting for me. And that runs every other Thursday. And you can find both shows on the Dice Towers YouTube channel. Plus, you can find her on many other shows on the web and doing other podcasts. (laughs) And I I should have got, we should have got her under contract, Tony. She's like all over the place now. So where can we uh, find you, Rhiannon? Um, I do Spooning Meeples, and every month that theme changes. It's always board game related. That's on YouTube. It's just YouTube slash Spooning Meeples. Um, and then also, obviously, on the Twitter at Reox, and I'll spell it because no one ever gets it right, R-H-I-O-C-H-S. And uh, obviously, we'll see. We'll be talking to you again in a uh, couple months on the show, and we'll probably get in prepped for BGG Con by that time. So we'll have some more information about what we're going to be doing there, and who knows? Maybe Tony and I can concoct some special stuff to be doing at uh, BGG Con this year. Now that we kind of know what we're getting into, where we're stuck in a hotel for four days, just kind of staring at each other for you know however many four times twenty eight is hours. I, I'm confused about 28 hours. Yeah, Suzanne, I'm... Uh, Did I say 28 yeah, 28. I'm like, four <laughs> times 28. Four times 28. Wow. That's, that's North Carolina education coming through right there. <laughs> and you're an engineer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks again so much, ladies. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. 
Marty, I know at Origins you got to see the new Portal games. Are you ready for them to come out at Gen Con? Oh my gosh, yes. We're talking about that pirate-themed game, Rattle, Battle, Grab the Loot, plus the two-player drafting game, Tides of Time, which I really like, and the new Atlantis expansion for Imperial Settlers. There are going to be a lot of hot games there, but I'm worried that they may sell out. Uh, I don't think you need to rush over there. Matter of fact, Marty, I, I, I think Ignacy's taking care of that. Sure I do. I mean, these games are going to be gone. All right. So what he's done is, Ignacy, in his brilliance, has come up with a way to pre-order these games for Gen Con so they'll be ready for you to pick up. If you're going to Gen Con and you want to pick up these games early, Marty, like, I want you to get me a Tides of Time for sure, all I got to do is place a pre-order and he'll have it there for me. So I don't have to run the vendor floor gauntlet to make sure I get a copy of the games? Well, you can just for the fun of it, but no, all you got to do is go to portalgames.pl slash shop or whatever the, the thing is, guys. It's real easy to find, easy to do. He's got all these banners out there and you and I can pre-order and he will be ready there. You can just casually walk over and get me my tides of time. You can go ahead and reserve your Atlanteans if you want. Wow, that's awesome. Done. The man thinks ahead. So once again, Portal Games, three big releases at Gen Con. Be sure to pre-order so you can pick yours up um, when you get there. And if you're not going to Gen Con, they'll be out to market soon after. All right. I don't know. At the time of this recording on uh, July the 11th, Marty, I don't know if you've got it calculated, circled, highlighted. Gen Con's right around the corner for you. Are you ready? Do you have your bags almost packed for the family? Do you have anything else special you got planned going on? I know you got the Battle Network stars. I mean, dude, you're everywhere. It's funny. So I was trying to keep my schedule as open as possible, but that just does not seem to happen. So yes, we do have the Battle of the Board Game Networks that's going to be happening on Friday night at 6. And we also have the Nurishima Hex Grudge Match. It's going to be uh, Rodney from Watch It Played and myself against Matt Evans from uh, Board Game Replay and Joel Eady from Drive Through Review are going to be playing in a match of Nurishima Hex two versus two, and this is an event that is out there uh, that you can go sign up for. It is now going to be Thursday night at nine o'clock. Uh, we're going to have some people out there filming it. We're going to have uh, Anthony Ricano and the guys from Cardboard Jungle uh, doing the, uh, the the announcers for it and play-by-play. So that is going to be a fun event, too. So there's two uh, sponsored events uh, that I'm going to be doing. In addition... In addition, there's more. In addition, but there's more. Tony and I have been working with the Broken Token to come up with something special that we want to do for Gen Con. And we've talked to Broken Token before about what can we do? Is that we do have the dice tower with our name on it. I said, what else can we do? It's like a first player token or something. And we said, let's let's do a first player token. And we thought, well, Tony, you know, we said, let's just put it on a coin and put a logo on one side and a logo on the other. But Tony, that wasn't enough for you. You wanted more. I, I did. I mean, what can I identify? And we knew we couldn't put a moon pie because that'd be almost trademark, though you can't trademark food itself. But, you know, why, why, why give a lawyer the ability to gain some money? We don't need that to happen. So instead, we thought, well, what's the other thing that we do a lot on this show? Squirrel. Squirrel. No, there's one in the tree. I can look out my window and see. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm with you, dude. Okay. <laughs> At Gen Con, we are going to have first player tokens in the shape of a squirrel with our logo on one side, the broken tokens logo on the other. 
that I'm going to be handing out at various times during the show. One of the times is going to be on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. I'm going to be at the Dice Tower booth on the floor for an hour, just kind of meeting people and talking to people if people want to come by, but also handing out these tokens. And during the show, I'll be tweeting certain places I'll be if you want to come by and get one. But these tokens aren't for just first player tokens, Tony. Or to play like a little squirrel on the table or anything like that. They actually serve another purpose, don't they? They do. If you take that token over to the Broken Token booth, you'll get any product of theirs for 10% off. Dom, dom, dom. That's right, people. Giving again 10% off first player token turn it into the booth and Marty, are they going to give it back to you? Are they going to market or, or what's the deal there? Is it just, if you want to keep that token, they're going to market some way. Maybe they'll have a little black marker to color in the eye of the squirrel that's on the token. Oh, that's cool. Or maybe just kind of mark the edge or something with, with the black marker just to indicate, you know, that it has been used already. They'll give it back to you and then it's yours to keep. Look at that, man. That is just, that's a big benefit. It, it gets you over there. Cause I mean, uh, I'm, I've got, I'm playing Seven Wonders today, and I, every time I open that box, I just love that organizer. So I know, guys, it sounds like another commercial, but some of this, it really does speed up the help of the game. And 10% off, I mean, first off, you're not having to pay shipping. You know, they've brought all their product there. And by the way, you know, we talked about having to rush to the Portal Games recently, Mark. You might need to get over to the Broken Token if there's certain, find Marty, get your 10% off, because some of that stuff will go fast. I agree, and I think one of them may be the Imperial Settlers because I think they're bringing it out at Gen Con. So here's what you got to do. Pre-order Imperial Settlers uh, expansion, uh, the Atlanteans, then go by and pick up Imperial Settlers, head over to the Broken Token. Well, no, first you got to see me, <laughs> then head over to the Broken Token, uh, turn that in, uh, get 10% off the Imperial Settlers insert or any other insert, and you're good to go. Now, is any of the family going to have any of the um, tokens with them, like Vanessa? Because I bet, I, you know, that would be funny if you and Vanessa had a battle as to who gave out the most tokens. Done. Vanessa has a, a, a Twitter account. This, now, this isn't fair because she doesn't have as many Twitter uh, followers, but how about this? I will tweet um, out two locations. She'll be at one spot. I'll be at the other, and we'll see who gives out the most. <laughs> we, we know what's going to happen there. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's done. So there we go. A couple of events I'm doing at Gen Con. We got the tokens are going to be giving away and we'll have one more episode that comes out before Gen Con hits. So we'll be able to, to talk about this again. And I'm looking at the clock and Tony, this is a fun filled, lot of info episode and we've probably gone over our time a little bit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll end it up real quick. I do want to make sure guys, especially over the chit chat segment, we'd love to hear your comments about what game would be your one see the tie into the name of the the the, the show here and there's still the one and that's one of those songs that i can never remember the name of the group that does it's like one of those songs it's like a one-hit wonder everybody knows that song but doesn't know the group it's orleans which is a new great game i hear so anyway another tie-in so but orleans orleans so yeah <laughs> uh upcoming show will of course we've got Dan King coming, guys. I'm teasing this out real quick because this is good stuff. We're going to be talking, of course, about more about Gen Con. I've got a review of Scoville that I hope me and Marty can get to play. I want to talk about because there's there's going to be um, a rant. So always a Tony rant's a good thing to have. But other than that, we've got more stuff coming. This is the high time of the season. And, and guys, we just hope you're playing games and staying cool over the summer because, Marty, it's been hot here. God almighty. It has been abnormally hot. I can't, I'm dread seeing my power bill this month. 
Can you do something for me? No, I can't even do something for myself. I'm just glad I got some power on for you. So, but anyway, once again, guys, please leave us comments over at the BGG Guild. Um, we really, our community is very active, and we appreciate all the guys, Matt, Mike. You know, um, oh, I'm forgetting Jesse, and then Barney. Did you see the guy from Anchorage, Alaska? We got. I'm like, oh my God, somebody's listening to us after I ran it on, on a, well, I didn't rant on Alaska. I said how hard it was for them. And Okay, anyway, so thanks for listening, guys. And as always, keep rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. So, Marty, you got to see at Origins the new Portal games. Are you excited about the release at Gen Con? Oh, wow. You totally threw me off. Try it again. I know. I am hard to work with, dude. I'm my bad. <laughs> I know, because you're going to have to run over there to the booth and grab them for me. I wish there was some way that I could just say, hey, Ignacy, hold that game for me so Marty can pick it up because I'm not going to be at Gen Con. Okay, wow. You totally flipped this around even more. <laughs> it was going to be you that talked about the pre-order program. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I was making you sound like the smart one. Oh, no. You need to sound like the smart one. That makes more sense. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs>